1: Hello again, Giants fans, and welcome to take two of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. Apologize for the earlier snafu if you joined us on the live stream; had to cancel out because of an echo that I was hearing in my headphones. We'll we'll cross our fingers and and hope that this time we're good to go. We'll be uh, we'll be reviewing Giants Jets. We'll be talking about Daniel Jones. We'll be talking about the trade deadline, talking about all that stuff, and and here to help me do it. As always, the day after games is Tony Genio of Big Blue View. Morning, Tony. How you doing?
2: Well, I'm hearing echoes, Ed, but they're echoes of the 2010 Deshaun Jackson punt return, not the type of echoes you were referring to. (laughs) Oh, Tony, Tony, Tony. Did you really have
1: to go there? Did you really have to start my day that way? It's that kind of morning. Uh, Well, it is, but then again, it isn't. So let's start with the good news. Let's start with the the surprising news we got this morning that quarterback Daniel Jones has been cleared for contact, which means he's likely to play this coming Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders. And after what happened on Sunday, that that news comes uh, absolutely in the nick of time, if maybe not a little bit too late.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's good at this point, as far as the season goes, uh, you know, the Giants would have to run the table to basically to to be a, a contender for a playoff position. And regardless of what the math is, they, they just you know look like a bad team uh, right now. So uh, it has nothing to do with that. But but obviously, since the likelihood is that they're going to have a, a fairly high draft position, uh, they've got to find out in the rest of the season whether Daniel Jones can be the guy f- for them, whether they can do that with the state of the offensive line. i uh, you know, I don't, I don't know whether it's even possible, but at any rate, they're going to have to make a decision before the next draft as to whether they're going to, to stick with him or whether they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. And uh, so it's, it at the very least, it's, it's good having him back because it'll give them a chance to make that evaluation more fully before they've got to to make a decision and i'm just happy for him because the guy doesn't deserve what he's gotten uh, as a as a giant and so you know i you want you want anyone to be fully healthy and and especially him
1: this is true. You know, my 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 Daniel Jones bobblehead is happy this morning too. So,
2: <laughs> so watch that neck.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it does kind of bounce around a little, doesn't it? You know, let let's hope it doesn't get bounced around too much in uh, in real life in the next few weeks. And hopefully, yeah, Max
2: Max Crosby coming up next week.
1: <laughs> hopefully, Andrew Thomas will be back at left tackle, which should absolutely help the Giants' offensive line. But I have to say this, Tony for as much criticism as daniel jones gets isn't it amazing how welcome the news is that he's going to be back this week considering the the state of affairs and what we saw on sunday it's just amazing that that the the the, the first answer that uh, the first response that you think of is thank god yeah a real quarterback you know yep. <laughs> so uh, you don't know
2: what you've got till it's gone
1: Well, and I do agree with you that the Giants absolutely have a decision to make. Daniel Jones, I keep saying this, that four-year contract is not really a four-year contract. It is really a two-year contract. This was really all along a two-year prove-it contract for Daniel Jones to show that what he did last year was really just the beginning of what he could do. And the Giants gave him that window. And the only way that he's going to show whether or not the Giants need to be in the quarterback market, and they're probably going to be a, you know in, in the top 10 in the draft, if not in the top five. The only way he's going to legitimately show that is by being on the field with Andrew Thomas, with Saquon Barkley, with Wandale Robinson, hopefully with Darren Waller with as much of the offense intact as possible and let's see for a half a season if this Giants offense can resemble what they expected it to be let's see over the next nine games if they can be something that that they can go forward with where they don't have to start over at quarterback I think that's I think that's the best part of the news that Jones is is back.
2: Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, I personally want to see him succeed. Just first of all, I think he's a he's a good guy, and uh, and I think he's done some some great things for the Giants. He's he's never blamed anyone but himself uh, for any of his problems, and I really would like to see him succeed. Just strategically, as a Giants fan, I'd like to see him succeed because if the Giants are going to have a pretty high draft choice next year, I'd much rather see them be going after a, an offensive lineman or an edge defender, or or a or a a, a top wide receiver. Uh, you know, you you know, name the position you think the Giants need. The Giants need need stars at many positions, but uh, uh, you, you'd hope that they wouldn't have to use another high draft pick on a quarterback and especially now that they don't have too many draft picks at the moment
1: absolutely it it is better for the franchise if daniel jones shows them that they don't need to be in the quarterback market in the first or second round absolutely because as you said they can go get another offensive lineman they can go get another edge rusher if they're sitting there in position to draft marvin harrison jr they can do that Uh, You know, if whatever position it is, if it's a big time defensive tackle on the on the inside, whatever position it is, they can do that rather than having to start over, which is basically what you're doing when you draft a quarterback that early. So so we'll cross our fingers. We'll hope that Daniel Jones stays healthy. I'm hoping later on this morning we get to talk to Brian Dable. I think that's at 1130 Eastern time and i'm we we should also get to talk to select players in light of this morning's news which uh, to give credit where it's due was first broken as far as i know by ryan dunleavy of the new york post i'm hoping that the giants make daniel jones available to us via zoom this morning usually jones speaks on wednesday but i'm hoping that they'll 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 put him on the call today so that so that we can talk to him and uh if that's the case, well, either way, the the post up at Big Blue View that that mentions the uh, the Jones news will be updated at least with Brian Dable quotes. Hopefully, with some Daniel Jones quotes as well. But that's 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 the good news part of the day, Tony.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and by the way, you know may, maybe and I and I I heard that actually he was he was cleared yesterday morning, even before the the game occurred, and. And so, you know, in in retrospect, I think, the, you know, the question that that at least I've been asking, and I think a lot of other people have been, have been asking, and I don't know how much you want to, to go over the carcass of yesterday's game, but uh, the question a lot of people have been asking was if the Giants didn't trust Tommy DeVito to throw a pass, then why didn't they sign a veteran quarterback? And maybe now this is the answer that they knew that Jones was about to be coming off uh, the injury and was going to be cleared, uh, soon. And, uh, they figured, well, we'll try to sneak through one more week with what we've got before, uh, before we, we, uh, make the move to let him go rather than, uh, do something else that, that is more difficult from a financial standpoint and a personnel standpoint. Uh, but yeah, either way, it it turned out to be a disaster, but I'm just glad that he's back.
1: Yeah. Before we fully get into, yesterday's game tony the, i'll take that question a step further if if they knew he was seeing the doctor on sunday morning why i wonder if they thought about cuz they ruled him out on friday and i'm not sure what the rules are but once you rule a guy out you can't you know i'm i'm not sure if it's written in stone but you rule the guy out on friday as far as I know, you can't rule him back in on Sunday. I wonder if there was any thought given, since they knew he was seeing the doctor on Sunday morning, they had to know he was seeing the doctor on Sunday morning. I wonder if there was any thought given to the idea of listing him as doubtful or questionable on Friday and perhaps making him, you know, giving themselves the option of making him available as the backup on, on Sunday afternoon. I don't know. Maybe that'll come up today when we get a chance to talk to Brian Dable. Um, As I said, I'd I'd have to look up the rules on that, but I, I would assume that one, you know, that in order for that to, to have been a possibility at all, that they would have had to, to list him as, as questionable or doubtful. So, as I said, hopefully that'll come up during the, uh, during the, the conversation later today with, with Brian Daybol. Mm-hmm.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now, more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
1: on Sunday a little bit in my 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 first comment is that game really justifiably should have ended in a tie it really should have ended in a tie that was really the the only the only appropriate outcome both of those teams were ridiculously awful in so many ways yesterday I mean that that set New York football back for decades i think the way that the way that that game unfolded yesterday it was just it was i have to say it was compelling all right <laughs> it was compelling it was interesting but it was awful neither one of those teams can play offense you know or could play offense and it was an absolute utter mistake fest on both sides it was just it it
2: was it was terrible, yeah, and ob- obscured you know, by all the the awful things that happened to the Giants at the end of the game. Is the fact that, as you say, that you know the, the Jets have have just about as much problem on offense as the Giants do because uh, their quarterback situation. obviously at some point, Aaron Rodgers comes back and others. you know, even thought that he might come back uh, this season, but, and, and Zach Wilson is, is not as terrible as he was. I think he has improved some. Okay. But he's not a guy that can lead you to the playoffs at this point in his career. Maybe he will get there at, at some point. Uh, they do have, uh, at least one really good wide receiver as Deontay Banks found out yesterday. And, uh, but the, and their offensive line is a mess also, just like the Giants is, and so you know the, the the Jets do not have a playoff caliber offense at at this point. Yet they find themselves, I believe, I didn't actually check the standings, but I believe they find themselves only one game out of the division lead this morning. After
1: they're having, they're four and three, and they're in position to get there if mm-hmm. if things go their way. They yeah. they they have won a couple of games that you would not have expected them to win, and shoot you the way yesterday's game unfolded, you you put, uh, you put that game in, in that category as well. Um, I was really clear in my Things I Think column after the game. I was really clear that I disagreed with Brian Dable's decision on fourth and one at the end of the game. Our poll showed I think 58% of the voters agreed with me that the Giants should have gone for the first down there. And if you guys didn't read my column, I will explain my reasoning for that. Giants up by three, 28 seconds left in the game. Jets have no timeouts. Field goal puts the Giants up by six. And yes, it's 97% possible, according to analytics, that even if the Giants miss the field goal, they win the game. It's probably 98 or 99% possible that they win the game if they make the field goal. But in my view, you still open the door for something miraculous to happen for the Jets by kicking the field goal and only going up by six. And the, the only way that you effectively end the game and guarantee that you win the game is by getting the first down. By get the first down because then you just walk off the field. You don't even have to run another play so that's where I stand on it and I understand it was even after they missed it was miraculous that the Jets won the game it never should have happened but you know there was only a two or three percent chance that it would happen but my my take is that the Giants left the door open for it to happen and they had an opportunity they had an opportunity to close that door and didn't take it so with that said, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor, Tony, and I'm gonna see where you stood on on that decision. So I will say
2: that that at the time I was conflicted, and I and I was not cursing at the TV when they decided to to go for the field goal. It was in the back of my mind that Gano had missed two field goals in the past two weeks, and I was wondering what's actually going on since he has this bad left knee. Uh, but I didn't necessarily think it was terrible. However, in retrospect, I I think the part that uh, that I hadn't given enough thought to that after the game, uh, I realized that it was a more important thing than I realized is that I think one of the key things is, is that you said, you said there was 28 seconds left and the difference between missing the field goal and going for it on fourth down is that if you go for it on fourth down, you run a few extra seconds off the clock and you don't stop the clock. I believe the other, right the
1: there. other part of that Tony is the other part of that. And I don't know how much it matters, but you also give the, give the Jets the ball at the 16 or 17 right. yard line instead yeah. of at the 25. Yeah. So you, you make them go a little bit farther in a little bit less
2: time. Right, right. And, and the part about running the clock down a few seconds is that is that given the specific amount of time left, 28 seconds, if you do run a few extra seconds off the clock and the, now the clock is down to, let's say, around 20 seconds or something like that, then it's basically impossible to run two plays the way they were able to miraculously do. Uh, and so, and so if they get the ball back with say, you know, 20 seconds, 19 seconds left, they've basically got one play and either it's a bomb that they complete to get them into, into field goal range, which would, would have to be a, a pretty impressive play. Um, or they're just not going to get into, into field goal range. And, and so. I, you know i thought there was some a time management issue there that that they should have thought through and didn't think through properly and of course then you're you're also opening up the possibility that he actually gets the first down and that the game is over and so absolutely were, and and yeah, I,
1: yeah. I the other the other part of that and saquon barkley was asked about this at the end of the game and he he kind of deferred he didn't really he didn't criticize the decision he didn't you know he, he didn't want to go there cuz he wasn't going to criticize Brian Daboll but for me this the other part of the decision was as hard as you rode Saquon Barkley Sunday a career high 36 carries 25 carries in the second half which is more carries than he's had in all but 3 games in his entire career as hard as you rode Saquon Barkley yesterday and the the fact that he's your best player and you've you're clearly acknowledging that he's your best player can't you give him a chance to get you one more yard and win a game you know for me that's the other part of it is give the ball to your best player and You know, and then you can sit here if it doesn't work and say, We gave the ball to Barkley, we put the ball in the hands of our best player, and the Jets made a play. And at that point, as we've talked about, still it's going to take a miracle for the Jets to get down the field and get that and and get that field goal that they, you know, that they eventually got.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. Right. It's it's tough running him 36 times but you know what's the difference between 36 and 37 mm-hmm. uh it's going to have ramifications for next week i mean they can't the game can't get him much of a load next uh, like next week and they're they're not in great shape at running back with uh, with other options but um but yeah I, you know after thinking about it a while i i agree with you that that they they were they had more ways to win the game uh, by by going for it on fourth down, than than by not going for it, and so and, it's it's just another it's another bad decision.
1: You know what's interesting is you said another bad
2: several, decision.
1: I yeah, I thought they should have gone for it on fourth and one earlier in the game. I thought that what what I think in in all, and I'm not going to blame Tommy DeVito for anything that happened yesterday. He wasn't asked to do anything. He basically was put in the game to hand the ball off. Mm-hmm. And so, but what I'm what I'm looking at is Brian Dable won coach of the year last year. Joe Shane was was widely praised for everything that he did. And in no way, shape, or form am I going to call for anybody's job. I think it's way too soon for that. I think that that you have to realize that it's still a long term rebuild that it's still the second year and these guys have built up some equity with what happened last year. But with all of that said, going all the way back to the offseason, there have been some mystifying personnel decisions. The way that they constructed the the reserves on the offensive line, the uh, the fact that they've depended on Tommy DeVito and didn't sign a quarterback after Daniel Jones got hurt, um, which came back to haunt them yesterday. You can look up and down the roster at some of the decisions that they made, uh, not going after a, you know an additional edge rusher, acquiring Boogie Basham, who's doing nothing for them. Um, and then you look at the fact that they clearly were not ready to play football week 1 against the Dallas Cowboys you look at some of the in-game management some of that that has happened this year some of the, the in-game decisions that have been made and and it's just it's mystifying how how things went so well last year how every decision that these guys made last year seemed to turn to gold and how so much of what they've done this year has been questionable and how there have been so many in-game decisions, whether it's clock management, whether it's game plans, whether it's personnel usage. So many of those things that have been questionable. And and But as I said, I'm not calling for anybody's job. I think the Giants have got to get off this two-year cycle of head coaches. They've got to give this regime a chance to play this out and and see where it goes over the course of of four years or whatever, and, you know, and then decide. But but it's been mystifying. I just haven't understood a whole lot of what's happened this year. So I don't know if you, you feel the same way that I do, Tony.
2: Yeah, I do. I I, I think the, uh, the there's I guess the only the only things I would add to that are that it's it it's funny to see the kind of the change in tone this year the thing that i think won over giants fans right away last year or the two things that that won them over last year was number one that dable effectively announced with his actions in the very first game that he was playing to win right and so and so i mean giants fans went crazy just when when the the broadcaster said and they're leaving their offense on the field in in in, in Tennessee and going for the two-point conversion in the first game, and everybody went crazy. And of course the fact that, that Saquon made that with a great play, that made everybody go even crazier. But just the fact that that he would do that and try to win the game rather than say, look, if we if we tie it up here, Tennessee's probably gonna go down and and kick a field goal or they'll, or they'll beat us in overtime or whatever so let's just try to win it right here. It established a mood I think as to, as to as to what he was going to do. Uh you look at the Green Bay game where they had so many of their offensive players out uh, and a, and a hurt Jones playing uh when he probably shouldn't have uh, after the after the the uh, Chicago game I guess it was the the week before. And still, they managed to to put twenty eight points, I think it was, uh, on the board against a pretty decent Green Bay defense with innovative play calling and 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 things like that. And this year, you know, we're seeing a much more cautious Brian Dable. As far as I'm concerned, we're seeing a a much more cautious. Well, that's that's
1: what bothered me yesterday, Tony. And I didn't. I I apologize for kind of interrupting you. But what bothered me yesterday about the game about the. The game plan, once DeVito got into the game, and especially in the second half, yeah, DeVito went 0-4 passing the ball in the first half. But you still occasionally have to try. You get a first down at midfield. I think the Giants took over at midfield at one point. Why not take one deep shot down the sideline? Take a deep shot down the sideline, and if it's incomplete, it's probably going to be out of bounds. And if it gets intercepted, it's still 40 yards down the field. So whatever. But what bothered me yesterday was once they got that lead, and even when they even when they were driving, they went 12 plays, 75 yards. I think I think a couple of those, you know, I think some of that was started by Jets penalties, if I remember correctly. Now, I mean, I might be wrong about that, but but the idea was they ran the ball all the way down the field. They never threw the ball once. They played the second half and shoot even the overtime because the two passes they threw were swing passes behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. They played not to lose the game. And when you play not to lose, you invariably lose. And And I, I wrote it and I hate to mention it. I hate myself for even writing it but this was this was joe judge against the washington football team with everything except the victory formation sneaks kneel downs whatever this was this was absolutely joe judge i don't trust this football team so we're just going to victory formation so we don't screw up
2: yeah and the thing about about running all, all the time and never throwing downfield is that you just make it harder on uh your your running game on the running back and the blockers because the defense knows it's coming and and you know i mean god bless saquon barkley i mean i thought he had a tremendous game yesterday and the jets jets are a good defense a very good defense they knew that he was going to get the ball every time just about and he still managed to rack up 128 yards and important first downs and and you know and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth and uh, yeah yeah I so see you have to keep the defense honest and you have to you have to find ways to to throw the ball down the field. The other thing though that 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 i, I keep on coming back to is that I remembered before the season started, and all the reporters asked Joe Shane before the season you know how how he you know whether he thought the Giants could could go further in the playoffs uh, this year or whatever I don't remember what the exact questions were asked, and every time people asked him about about the coming season he was always saying we'll see we'll see we'll see and he and he was never willing to say one word of of optimism uh, about the coming season and I, and i just wonder thinking back to that whether they saw things in training camp that made them leery of how this team was going to do this year before this team ever got on the field or whether it was just kind of normal caution not to build up people's expectations, but, but the whole vibe of the season, right from, from that point on has been different. They've been so cautious in everything they've, they've done. And they, it just doesn't, it doesn't even feel like the way they approached things last year.
1: I agree with that. I do think that, that Joe Shane sort of, we should have picked up on, on his we'll see a little bit more than, than we did. I think everybody wanted to be optimistic. Everybody wanted to look at 9-7-1 and one in a playoff win and say, all right, they're at least, you know, they're middle of the pack. They're on their way. Maybe they're not there yet. They made some interesting offseason moves with Darren Waller and Bobby O'Karake and 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 maybe they can be that again. Maybe with some luck they can they can get even closer. I think that Joe Shane was warning us in his own way. He was warning us that there might be some regression coming. I mean, you have to realize look at what the Giants were the second half of last year, and now what they what they have been this season. They were seven and two At one point last year, and finished ten eight and one. They're two and six now. So you're talking about five. I think it's if I can, if my math is right here in my head, that's five eleven and one over their last seventeen games. So I think Joe Shane and Brian Dable knew that seven and two, as much as it. created so much optimism and expectations and all that. I think they knew it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors.
2: Apparently. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And, uh, and how much it was smoke and mirrors, I guess is, uh, uh, is, is pretty obvious now. And, uh, you know, I mean, that having been said most of that statement is on the offensive side of the ball. The, the defense has gotten, Pretty good. I'll I'll just say one thing. If I if I can just carp about one thing on the defense, talk about playing it cautious uh, this year rather than going for the win. But after they rushed the hell out of out of Zach Wilson all day yesterday, you get down to the key point in the game at the end, and they and they rush three and go into prevent defense. And as people have said, the only thing a prevent defense does is prevents you from winning the game. You know and- yep, and that 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 three man
1: rush on that first play, with soft coverage that basically allowed a completion in the middle set up what happened, yeah because it put the Jets in position where I mean on the next play they did rush, and they flushed Zach Wilson out of the pocket, yeah, but Alan Lazard got open, he beat a Dory Jackson he got open and that three-man rush, that decision, was a, was it a, was a crusher. I happen to agree with you. It's like you, you've, you've got to play the way that you play, and and the Giants went against what Wink Martindale is known for. They went against tendency, and, and that cost them in that instance because, again and again and again in that game yesterday, Zach Wilson made bad throws under pressure. And he made a good throw when he was allowed to just sit there, mm-hmm. but uh, but so yes, I definitely definitely agree with you uh, on that uh, on that three man rush. Tony, let's talk about one final topic here before we before we call it a day. Tuesday afternoon is the NFL trade deadline. Your New York Giants are two and six. I don't necessarily want to call them sellers to the extent that they're going to have a fire sale. I don't think they're I don't think that's necessary. I don't think they need to trade off everybody. I don't think they need to trade Saquon, which they're not going to do anyway. They don't need to go trade Evan Neal. They don't need to trade, you know, they don't they don't need to trade everything that's not nailed down. But I do think there's a strong possibility. That a couple of veteran players are are going to be ex Giants by four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. I think there's a strong possibility that that Leonard Williams is somewhere else. I think there's a strong possibility that that the uh, the defensive pass interference and getting beaten by Alan Lazard are the last two times we we notice Adoree Jackson as a New York Giant. And uh, but I I think. Uh, You mentioned it earlier in the show that Giants could use the draft capital. The other reality of it is they have less than $2 million in cap space right now, which might also be part of the reason they didn't sign a veteran quarterback. Mm -hmm. But they have less than $2 million in cap space. Can't get through the rest of the season that way. They're not going to sign a Dory Jackson or Leonard Williams to long-term contracts. I think that and they can save significant cap money by moving one or both of those guys. So I think those are the two names to watch between now and the deadline.
2: Yeah, I I agree with that and uh I mean the question is whether anyone will be interested in those players and then what what they can get for those players. These days these days NFL trades of personnel for draft picks are it's becoming very common when you trade someone uh, just to kind of get rid of them that the, all the other team gives you back is a, is an exchange of draft picks so that you move up one round in some, in some future draft. And so I don't know that we should expect all that much in, in any, uh, in any trades that they make. But, uh, you know, I agree with you that, that if they could get something decent for, for Leonard Williams, they, they should do it. And by all means, Adoree Jackson, a Dory Jackson, I th- thought at one time was a was a pretty good cornerback uh, for the Giants, but he has not looked good for I think you know a year now. He certainly has not looked good this season, and he was terrible yesterday at the at the key moments. You mentioned you mentioned him letting Lazard get open. I can forgive that a little bit. The thing I can't forgive is is in overtime uh, where he's he's defending against a guy that was just called up from the practice squad by the jets. And he lets the guy get five yards behind him and then never looks back at the ball and just runs into the runs into the guy. I mean, that's a, that's a rookie type mistake. That's not something a veteran cornerback should do. No, he's, he's defending a practice squad wide
1: receiver with the game on the line and he gets beaten deep. And which is, which is the one, it's the absolutely unforgivable thing. Unforgivable. Now in a scramble drill, as you said, in a scramble drill, Zach Wilson's running out of the pocket. You know, at the end of the game in a scramble drill, when you're, when you're man to man at t- that's going to happen. The giants put themselves in that situation. That's going to happen. But the, the defensive pass interference was just, that was just ridiculous. And, uh, you know, I I like Adori. He's been a good player. He was, you know, he went back there and returned punts last year when he probably shouldn't have. I don't know how much moving into the slot, you know, messed him up this year, you know, for the few weeks that that they had that the Giants put him in there, but he has not had a good season. Wouldn't be surprised at all if if uh if the Giants move on from him and 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 as i said wouldn't be surprised at all if they move on from leonard williams they're leonard williams has the the biggest cap hit in the league that's a, for non quarterbacks and i'm guessing the giants would have to eat some of that money to uh to move him but i i seriously doubt that they're going to consider re-signing him so if you can get If you can get a fourth round draft pick for Leonard Williams, maybe you do that. And I'm sure that you can get something for a Dory Jackson because all the good teams out there, all the playoff caliber teams are looking for help at cornerback. They're all looking for an extra guy that can, you know, that, that can cover. So I'm sure they can get something for a Dory. Maybe not as much as they might get for Leonard Williams, but I'm sure they can get something. The only other guy I'll mention is Paris Campbell. And 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 I understand why people mention Paris Campbell because the Giants simply aren't using Paris Campbell. They've moved on from Paris Campbell. They've 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 clearly you know given that job to Wandale Robinson. And uh <clears throat> you know, Paris Campbell is is an afterthought who's not gonna be a giant next year either but let's be real. Paris Campbell is going to bring you a conditional 7th round pick at most. Mm-hmm. That's what he's going to give you is a a 7th round pick with a bunch of strings attached to it. So it doesn't really matter whether the Giants move him or
2: not. Yeah, or one of these or one of these exchange picks. Mm-hmm. Uh trades like are increasingly being made where uh where they yeah, you know, they give the Giants a uh uh they let the giants move up from a seventh round to a sixth round pick in in 2025 or something yeah something like like that that.
1: you know nba style trades Mm -hmm. we'll give you we'll give you a second round pick in 2037
2: right right (laughs) you know
1: (laughs) you know it's like how how is that even legal how is that possible Mm -hmm. but anyway anyway tony i don't have anything else today um Giants fans, as I said earlier, Brian Dable speaks to media at 1130. Uh, I'll be on that call. Hopefully, Daniel Jones will speak to media shortly thereafter. So stick with Big Blue View uh, to to find out what what Dable says and what Jones says if he speaks. Also, uh, please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube and subscribe across the Big Blue View radio network. All right, folks, thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.